Hello and welcome back to I'm a Marketer But podcast. We are on episode three and today with me I have uh, Gary Gumbleton. Gary is my boss. Hi. Gary's not here today because it's convenient. I mean, it is a bit convenient. It is very convenient. But also because he's a pretty cool guy and he's got a good story to tell. Promotion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Gary's going to talk to us today about growth, obviously specifically business growth. He is the founder and MD of the Capco Group, um, a business which is two years old. That's right, yeah. Um, Again, as with every other episode, I'll let him properly introduce himself um, because... He will do it better than me. So, Gary, what's your name and where'd you come from? Uh, hi, my name's Gary. <laughs> I like long walks on the beach. Um, no, so, yeah, to your point about the Capco Group, yeah, that's like the umbrella company, right? And uh, I set it up kind of two years ago with, like, the main ethos of, you know, creating or helping people create better content. And that's whether I teach people how to do it or I do it for them. And therefore I have two subsidiaries. One is Capital Content, which is the digital agency. Uh, That's where we make content for people. And the other subsidiary is Capital Conference. Obviously this is where the podcast is coming from. And that is an entity to help teach people make better content through digital marketing. And yeah, that was kind of set up two years ago and we've gone from me a laptop and a camera in my living room to now a thousand square foot barn uh, next to Heathrow next to Heathrow as you can obviously hear the planes <laughs> in the background um, you know with three staff ten videographers turning over loads of cash which is good uh, but fundamentally we're making the internet a prettier place that's beautiful <laughs> that should be your elevator pitch I'll from do. now on yeah. so I guess being in such a position then and while you're here today insights you can give the audience listeners um, insights as to what what it's like to grow a business from just yourself to more people more clients etc etc so maybe talk to us a little bit about what's different between back then all of two years ago yeah um, and now and how you got from there to here well I started the business with the thought in mind that I could work less and uh, sadly how did that, that work out for you that's not working out at all <laughs> uh, i've gone from like the classic 10 hours a day to uh, 30 hours a day because you care too much yeah that's right yeah um but really it started a, a long time well not a long long time ago um i set myself this hag. right i worked for vodafone at the time worked all up i worked for vodafone about 10 to 12 years and they had this thing called a hag, which is a big hairy audacious goal and they actually personified the BHAG and had this massive big red fluffy monster that would run around the office like when it came Sounds terrifying. Yeah, it came close to like sales time and um, yeah the, the, the BHAG was kind of like you had to set yourself this goal that was unobtainable and throughout your time trying to achieve this goal you would obviously you know excel yourself to try and get to that goal regardless of how you know big and hairy and audacious it was and at the time i was like you know 24 i was a scrow i was at the bottom of the ladder and what i did is i set myself this goal a 10-year goal of becoming a gm of a creative organization now i left school at 16 zero qualifications uh, and the first thing that you go and do when you come out of school at 16 with no qualifications is sales so i went and sold mobile phones for a couple of years and then got into working for Vodafone Global and at that time I was dealing with quite global companies I got this whole buzz about myself and when I set this goal of becoming a GM of a creative organization uh, I needed to have certain skills or certain experience to get to this particular goal and one of them was to have international business experience 
So I applied for this job, this business account manager role in Vodafone New Zealand. And then three months later, I got relocated out there, uh, which was amazing. I don't know why I came back in all fairness. But um, yeah, what had happened is when I moved, uh, two months later, the GFC hit. And I kind of got stuck there, you know, because like recruitment or overseas recruitment had stopped. I'd really only thought I was going to be there for like two years. Uh, I blinked and 10 years went by. But during that time, I kind of had a, a, leading up to that, I always thought myself as a creative as well. I didn't just sell mobile phones. I kind of played in a band, did a lot of poster design on Photoshop and stuff like that. But I, to, to get from sales to marketing was really difficult. I applied for loads of marketing roles after my 10 years of global corporate sales experience and no one would take me because I didn't have marketing in any of my job titles. We're an elitist bunch. <laughs> yeah, and you can't get marketing experience without having marketing experience. Uh, and I was still, you know, had zero qualifications, didn't have time to kind of go back to uni. I wanted it now, you know what I mean? So I took a sidestep and a quite a considerable pay cut to go from global corporate account manager over to a company called iTicket and then like a Ticketmaster but a New Zealand version. Uh, and that was still sales. I was head of sales for Oz and NZ, uh, but I was also helping these events market themselves using ticket sales. So I kind of got this marketing experience with, without having any marketing qualifications. Quite unquite. I knew how to market stuff because I was a, I was a creative by heart. So that was kind of like the sidestep into having marketing in my job title. And then I needed to get into an actual agency and. At that point, I was still known uh, to be more stronger in sales than marketing because effectively it was a sales role. But I managed to get a role uh, at a, a video content agency in NZ for the last couple of years that I was there. And uh, I, was a, I became the sales director and a lot of the times it was just, you know, winning jobs, trying to, you know, ring up and create um, trying to create revenue. But we quickly found out that actually you can't sell you can't sell half day shoots and eight hour shoots you had to sell an idea and what we found my strength was was that i could come up with ideas on the fly or on the spot um so Don't i know it that's why we're doing this yeah i know <laughs> uh, so we actually uh, you know i grew the company kind of like threefold within the first 18 months you know we acquired so many large clients like mercedes and red bull and Pepsi and BMW and all, all that kind of stuff. We did loads of really great content, you know, like even the Black Sticks and really serious sports organisations. And then I got married and we decided to move back to the UK. Uh, and then when I came back to the UK, I did have the thought of like starting an agency, um, but I didn't really have a time frame in my head. So then I, after a couple of months of not enjoying the job that I was in, I was like, nah, I'm going to start this agency. But the, the key turning point or the, or, or the foundation I laid then has kind of put us to where we are now in the sense that I could have very easily positioned myself as a videographer and just done shoots for people and therefore just earn money as a, as a freelancer. But I positioned myself as an agency from day one. So I had people that I knew, other videographers and freelancers, charging a freelancer rate I was doing the same thing, but under the brand or under the, you know, the the presence of a, an agency and charging double because that's just what agencies do. Uh, it's, char it's charged double for something that one person can do. Um, but then now what I've done is I've, you know, restructured the pricing to say, well, actually, we can handle the concepts and the strategy, but we only charge for the production of it. Um, so the, like I said, the key thing for me was laying the foundation of my future 
self. So if I wanted to have a massive agency, I need to be a massive agency from day one, you know, and and that that really helped because every time I spoke to somebody, it wasn't Gary Gumbleton, it was Capital Content, you know, and that yeah that that was massive for me, and from a from a hustle perspective, like if I look back now, obviously it was me, a laptop, and a and a DSLR, and between you, me, and the thousands of people that listen to this podcast. Before my first shoot under Capital Content, I had never pressed record on a camera. It, That's confidence. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'd watched a lot. I'd edited a little bit. I'd been out on shoots with other videographers in the previous agency in NZ, but I had never shot my own video. Who was your first job? It was for The Corner, uh, which is a major tier one agency in London on so- in Soho. Have you told them this story? Oh, I haven't told them this story. <laughs> hi, hi The Corner. Uh, and they, it was for Blue e-cigarettes. They were doing this massive photo shoot and it was a behind the scenes video. So I made a two minute highlight reel, interviewed a bunch of people and it was scary because really, you know, internally, I had no idea what I was doing. Externally, I was a full major agency. So I really had to kind of nail it. Um, but perception is reality. You know, if people think you're a major agency, if you say it with enough confidence, people are going to believe you. And that's where we are now. We are a full digital agency with a bunch of staff and, you know, loads of major corporate clients. I think that is the key, though. And that's probably one of the things that the listeners are going to want to going to hear more about I suppose is confidence not everybody has it people have abilities and they know that but having that confidence or the front I suppose to if you can't do it just try and do it anyway what's the what's the phrase isn't it act first think later or something like that yeah, he who does wins yeah all of those anymore yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think you're totally right it, it is about confidence so I learned I gained a lot of confidence one from playing in a band um, to like you know sold out gigs of 20 people uh, <laughs> and then but also being a sales guy and talking to the you know board members and CEOs of major global corporate organizations and that, that, you're right I did take the confidence but I think fundamentally it was about risk and understanding risk and actually taking risk you know if I didn't put my balls on the table and set up the agency I'd still be in a dead-end job doing something that I didn't enjoy doing <clears throat> and it was really about it, taking that risk you know actually just jumping off the edge of the cliff and actually doing it my, I've got this tagline on LinkedIn it's really wanky but it, the difference between doers and dreamers is action and I took action and now I'm a full digital agency we are a full digital agency and that's another that's a little marketing tip any any email that I wrote any email any post even when it was just me in my dressing gown trying to avoid watching Netflix and eating toast I always put the words we okay yeah and n- instead of I and it's just a subconscious super easy thing to do um, it was always we or us at Capital Content and that kind of, like I said, laying the foundations to become a major agency right from day one, not to kind of grow out of what you've already put in. So you've got, like, as you said, as tips for the listeners, lay your foundations from day one, have the confidence, kind of, you've got to take risks if you're really not Absolutely got to take the risk. Any more? Any more tips and advice? Um, yeah, I mean, in the first few months, not that I don't do it anymore, but I hustled hard. Like, I really hustled hard. And a lot of it was, um, you know, cold emails. Uh, there's a specific digital tool, hunter.io. That's, uh, that is 
invaluable to anybody trying to contact someone. That is, if you were to go to, for example, the web address bmw.co.uk, right? You go to the web address, you click on this single button that installs on your Chrome browser, and that will show you all of the email addresses with that domain name that it can find on the internet. And if it can't find the specific person that you're after, it will guess based on a naming convention of all the other emails that it finds. So if there's like press releases or PDFs or you know someone's done a blog somewhere and they put their email address, it will go and find that email address and download it into a full CSV. Um, honestly, that's amazing. They used to be able to do it. Um, you used to be able to install a button on LinkedIn, but LinkedIn blocked it. So you could go to someone's LinkedIn profile, press their button and pout and pull out their email address honestly that is so valuable. and it's free for like a hundred email addresses per month and if you all you need is a hundred leads per month of direct email honestly it's the nuts man okay. without a doubt um yeah hustling super hard like I, uh, you know but i was smart about it it wasn't you know we, people have these whatsapp groups where there's like 30 people and it's all your mates and you're all contacting and sometimes like oh mate can you sign this petition or you know can someone vote for me for my little kid doing a dance recital or whatever mates, it have is you got? i know right <laughs> um but that doesn't work you've you know it's, it's the same you know obviously you tap into your personal network that's what i did when i first started was tapping at my personal network and i got a bunch of jobs from that and then expanded out of that but it's not about blanket messaging everybody It on on your whatsapp group of all your friends it's no different than blanket marketing to loads of cold leads you know if you're going to message your personal network message individually about a specific topic don't actually you know send out one the same message out to 30 people exactly like your email database your email database should be targeted hopefully um, and you send specific topics to specific people so the first step for any obviously any startup really tap specifically in video content anyway or marketing you need to uh, tap up your personal network because you've already got that relationship uh, but focus that market you know treat your friends as a an industry that you need to tap into it's really really that simple you know i think that's sort of thrown up one of the issues as well is i suppose it's the opposite of the having no confidence thing is in this instagram generation as much as i hate that phrase people just think that Instagram equals a business and they can just set up an Instagram account and put some hashtags and boom, they can sell some shit. Although I have, have actually done that too. <laughs> but, but, you know, with, with all the other things, hustle.io and all yeah, of that. Yeah. I mean, it's a part of a marketing mix, isn't it? I, I did speak to somebody the other day, I won't mention the name, um, saying, you know, do you need XXX advice? Um, oh, no, it's all right. I've got an Instagram. You know, we, we can just set it through Instagram. Okay, cool. Lo and behold, two months later, I've got a text. And actually, yeah, I think I'd like some some help here. Um, so point being that that you you need to hustle still. You can't just live by social media, set up a page, sit back. Absolutely not. No, you've got to be authentic. You know, you've got to be that you know outspoken person. You've got to have some sort of presence before your social goes out. Because if they put in Gary Gumbleton. Mm. Um, you would hope that not just Capital Contents Facebook page pops up. Yeah. Um, lots of other things pop up, like my book for sale on Amazon. Um, but <laughs> now, now sold, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah uh, four, and I think <laughs> me gave away five, maybe. Nah, but I think, yeah, absolutely. It's about having presence, like personal presence as well as social presence, without a doubt. To quote Gary V, I mean, he puts out 85 pieces of content a day um, on various platforms, not all his own. So you said people need to find authentic pieces of content all over the internet. 
when they search for you. Absolutely. I absolutely hate Gary Vee. I know. Quite controversial. That's why I brought him up. And like you say, he posts out 85 pieces of content and you've only got one soundbite out of it. Like if you watch his videos, he says nothing. He just rambles on thinking that he knows all these things. But you, like, he literally just said that 85 pieces of content every day, cool. And all you can think of is just one little, one little quote, you know? It's like, so it's not about saturating the market. You're right. It's about having different content for different channels, but make it valuable content. Make yeah. sure it actually hits the ground, you know? So would you say then that you're looking at it, going back to specific marketing types in the marketing mix, etc. Has your marketing changed from when you first set out to now, or are you still using the same platforms and going to market in the same way? Uh, it, it has changed. It's become more like dancing around the edge of the circle rather than direct. You know, it's less about, hey, this is what we do, we are really good at it. And it's more about, this is how we can support you or this these are the problems we can solve in fact this this is the involvement we have in our local community an example is that we um sponsor a local football team go AFC Brooklands and they um you know I, we've got the logo on the jersey um and that shows community involvement and then hopefully in turn the community then gives back to you you know like the mums and dads see that kind of stuff uh, they obviously all have full-time jobs they all work for brands and companies and whatnot and we'll get business out of that um and we'll probably get more business out of like the videos that we donate or the you know the um the organizations that we sponsor versus the kind of stuff where we're saying this is how you should do a video these are the best ways we are the best come and buy from us it's that indirect thinly veiled sales pitch mm -hmm. you know the community involvement the thought leadership that's what we do now and that's what we see getting way more traction than the likes of sending an email out with you know 25 percent discount kind of thing you know so taking all of that into consideration that's how you got from there the arbitrary there to yeah. here then looking into the future so you've grown from yourself to a full service digital agency where do you see yourself in the near future distant future however you set your goals and how the hell are you going to get there sounds like a bit of a job interview I know. Uh, <laughs> so yeah so what like five things you like about yourself yeah what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses <laughs> eh? um so i mean like i said the capco group is the holding company and that sits across capital content and capital conference and they kind of feed into each other that was the aim was to kind of like generate a single ecosystem that could grow itself you know perpetual motion whatever they call it um there is a third subsidiary which is probably a few years down the line depending on how successful all these first two entities are called capital collab now you can kind of see the capco group i get it yeah um where that is a a shared workspace like we work but not as wanky um we probably <laughs> probably still have like exposed brick walls um but yeah we won't be a billion dollar valued company well we might be like fingers crossed oh my god um but yeah capital color will be a shared workspace but specifically for creative so we'll have a, a workspace which will be you know a good environment to work in but it will be you know exclusively um housing photographers designers animators videographers editors i we will take on the responsibility of like a three-year lease of an office but then we'll rent out the desks on a, a daily weekly monthly basis so these guys can like i needed to do get out of my living room and into a good working environment and at that point once i've filled up that office hopefully the aim is to therefore then use these guys for 
at first specific projects. So if I need to bolt on photography or bolt on design, I could do that with video content and digital marketing. But really then what I want to do is go after the likes of, uh, you know, Barclays or Coke <laughs> or, you know, some major brands that will only ever deal with tier one agencies. I can operate as a tier one agency using all of these people, all these creatives that are in the offices um, without having the major overheads of, a tier one agency and charging 60 grand for a bit of research. Um, I probably still will charge 60 grand for a bit of research, but there'd be way more margin in it, which is fundamentally the aim. So, I mean, that's that's the goal. I'd like to build up my own personal brand a bit more um, to because at the moment it's a bit like the Gary show, like you know, you know, it's a joke around the office that it's the Gary show, but that's because I, I can do so much. I'm confident in front of the camera. I'm confident writing, you know, you have, unfortunately see my hairy face everywhere. Uh, so what I, but, what happens there the problem that we have is that are uh, you know there's no specific brands or the brands are being a bit diluted because no one really knows whether i'm talking about or it, you know whether i'm representing capital content or capital conference so what we need to do is separate me away from the brands and i be the you know this this gary gumbleton brand um, that feeds stuff into both capital content and capital conference uh, at the moment i think it's a bit too much of the gary show and I'm just plugging both brands and I think it needs to be separated a little bit, you know? Unfortunately, it's not as easy to get in front of the camera as Gary makes out, which which is why. Yeah. Any tips for that? <laughs> I'd quite like to hear them. I hate it. Yeah. I'm much more confident behind a microphone than in front of a camera. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> what you need is a Howard. And what I mean by that is, uh, I think it was, was it Nat West, Nationwide? Uh, Clearly not that memorable. No, it was, I mean, it was in the 90s. But remember that guy that was, you know... I know who you mean. Yeah, he was like dancing around. He used to be a staff member of this bank. Bald guy. Yeah, that's yeah. right, with glasses. Yeah, he... Um, you need to find yourself a Howard. Find someone in your organisation who is good in front of the camera and let them be the face. You know, it's usually um, a salesperson, whether it be male or female, because they're confident talking in front of crowds um, and the other major technical tip is turn off that red light when if you're using a camera because as soon as someone sees that red light they just absolutely freeze I also found it quite useful while they're trying to force me in front of the camera is to not look at it so to look off at somebody off camera absolutely yeah right? and you kind of want to have it relatively natural so rather than rehearse a script where you might stumble and forget your words and whatnot and what you want to do is think about what you want to say bullet point what you're going to say and then get someone to ask you questions to make you say those bullet points then it becomes very natural you don't stutter you don't think oh what did i miss what did i say and just have a conversation as long as you frame up your answers so the question is inside the answer like if i say to you how long you've been working for capital conference you know just say nine months yeah you say i have been working for capital conference for the past nine months so then you can cut out the person asking the questions in post upload the video make loads of money <laughs> it's as easy as that yeah man <laughs> went off piece a little bit there but obviously we do have a prime video expert in front of us so we wanted to make the use of the the tips that we could get i am my own howard <laughs> get yourself a gary yeah get yourself I'm... a gary that's it i'm going to change my my little tagline everyone needs a gary they do slightly they? hairier <laughs> yeah so we were just chatting about um cap collab so that's your plan so just to kind of finish up nicely, was that always your plan? Did you know that you were going to do cap content, cap conference and cap code from the beginning? Or has it evolved based on you're like, oh, that's a good idea. That could feed into X. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of it came from um, the agency that I used to work for. A guy that ran it, Rebecca Hollis, he is... Uh, an absolute entity in himself like he had this uh video content agency he also had uh this massive office that he 
split up and um, rented out to lots of different organizations not specifically creative exclusively but just loads of organizations and I love the way he operated like he's an absolute killer businessman like he, he's amazing I owe a lot to him on where I am today um, but that when I came back I did have the idea of having the agency, but I'm very much a set yourself a BHAG, have a massive goal, take over the world, earn loads of money. Uh, so I did have to think about what would I do once I got five, ten years down the line from the agency perspective. But really what's happened is it's gone so quickly that I've opened up Capital Conference that quick, and then hopefully, fingers crossed, Capital Collab will come along. But the reason, obviously, somehow, Cap Co has worked really well, like the naming convention of it. I don't know how I came you know how I got those three business names but really what I when I started the agency again laying the foundation I wanted people to think that I was a big organization and most big organizations are in the capital mm-hmm. uh, and that's why I had the word capital in there um, I wanted people to know straight away what we did without having to go to the web address therefore the word content and one thing that I've always said to myself I owe a lot to my name um, as part of my success, Gary Gumbleton. You know, it's a bit of a weird name. I sound like a hobbit from Middle Earth, but it, it's it's quite memorable. You know, if you once you've heard it once, you'll remember it if you heard it a second time. Especially if you are the only Gary left in the UK. Absolutely, yeah, the, we're a dying breed. Which is breeze, possible. Yeah. But it, and the alliteration as well. So therefore, capital content. That's how kind of that built. And then and then I thought, well, events company. I could use the word conference and a shared workspace is collaborative. Therefore, Capco, and it's just worked really well. Um, so it wasn't just coincidence. You did plan it. I did plan it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a, I'm a I'm a goal setter. You know, and I do plan out quite well. I plan some things, and other things I'm like, oh, I'll just wing it. You know, just send out an email to three thousand people today, and that was just on a whim because I thought it would be a good idea. But then other times I'm like, no, I need to set myself a ten year goal of taking over the world. You know, so it's a bit it's a, a, a mixture, nice mixture of, of off the hip and long term goals. <laughs> Well, we are going to finish up the way we finish up every episode um, with I'm a marketer, but so talking about what we we obviously love the industry that we're in, but we've got gripes, we've got challenges, etc. I'm with my boss, so this isn't going to be job specific. I'm a marketer, but I hate my boss. <laughs> yeah, not this one. So I'll start as always. Um, I'm a marketer, but I hate inspirational quotes on LinkedIn. Ditto. Gary oh. has sent me quite a few this week uh, that he has seen. Yeah, so. I, I, I love it, but I hate it. You know, I love reading it and clicking on it. But yeah, I, I too hate the inspirational quotes. Give me a, I, I want to see uh, a bikini clad woman on a beach at, with a sunset and then talking about, you know, uh, business inspiration. <laughs> Don't clip my wings. Yeah. Oh my God. I actually wish I had them on my phone. When Gary talks about his, I'm going to bring them up because there's some doozies on there. So that's mine. Yeah. The, I, I, honestly, I love inspirational quotes. It makes me laugh. But sometimes, uh, like, I want to. When I see one of these inspirational quotes, I want to make my own saying inspirational quotes are wank and then put Gary Gumbleton 19 underneath it. In a bikini. Yeah, in a bikini <laughs> on a sunset. Um, but no, my, my thing, my I am a marketer, but I hate cold, uh, unresearched emails. 
Now, I get a lot of emails from people saying that they can help me with whatever my business does. They have no idea. I even had one come from a video content agency emailing me saying, oh, if you need help with your video content, we can definitely help you. I'm like, you need help reading, you idiot. But there there was one that came for a little while back and it was a few years ago. And what I'd actually done is I printed off this email. I marked it like a teacher and gave them a mark out of 10. Uh, I gave them uh, one out of 10, see me after class. Uh, But there were things like, you know, dear Gary Gumbleton, with a, then with a comma at the end. So the word dear says it should be a written, is kept for written letters, and they've used my full name. You don't say dear Gary Gumbleton in in a in in a in hopefully informal email. Mail merge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely mail merge. It's awful. And then there was stuff like um, Z's instead of S's. Uh, they their phone number was. Um, in Singapore and the US, not in uh, NZ. That's which is handy. Where it was. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, at least have a UK, oh, sorry, an NZ phone number if you're going to contact people. Um, so, yeah, that, that really frustrated me. And that was one of my most engaging pieces of content that I posted as an article on LinkedIn. Like, it was, it was huge. So, that's what I hate. I'm a marketer, but I hate cold, unresearched emails. You know, if you're going to, don't send a cold email straight off the bat. Actually, give me a selfless act an article, a video, whatever it is, and then kind regards, see you later. Come back to me in three weeks' time, maybe one more. On a third try, then give me a call to action. Then I might actually give you a bell and then we'll go and talk about business. How do you feel about the phone? So obviously a lot of people these days aren't confident making phone calls. That's the only way we used to, we used to reach out during sales. I think that I don't hear people on the phone much. I don't see people using their initiative and messaging people on Facebook or Instagram or picking up the phone. So would you would you be more receptive to getting a call? Or? No, I tend to screen all of my calls if I don't know the phone number, <laughs> uh, just because I hate people. Um, but I think it's a good industry to be in. I know, right? Uh, that's why I make videos. So I think really what. Yeah, I mean, phone calls, absolutely no. I, I, I'm not a fan of cold calling. However, if I was to call you or if I contact you, if I send you an email or a message over LinkedIn or, or, or whatever, it's not because I'm trying to generate revenue for the business. It's because I know you need help with your content. I'm not just trying to flog you something you don't want. You've looked into it. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't contact you if I couldn't do a better job than you're already doing and probably cost less as well. So phone calls, you know, they don't work for me. I think you're better off contacting people via LinkedIn message, but do it strategically. Um, Instagram, absolutely. Sales, pro- sales prospecting over Instagram has worked so much better than cold calling or cold emails without a doubt. Okay, just be smarter about it and do yeah, your man, research. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, targeted, laser-focused targeting whether that is your own marketing or sales prospecting. It's just the same across the board, you know? Cool. And if you're a video content agency, don't don't send me an email because <laughs> I kind of know what I do. I've got someone who can do it for me. Like, I'm okay. Don't worry about it. Thanks, that. but no thanks. Don't yeah. worry about me. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Thank you, Gary. We will end this week's podcast with one of the inspirational quotes that uh, Gary um, so helpfully found for us. A bird is safe in its nest, but that's not what its wings are made for. That was on LinkedIn. <laughs> That was on, oh, imagine, oh, God, reading that, I feel so inspired now. Like, honestly. To go and do some B2B marketing. I want to, I think he's like a developer. I know exactly who he is. I think he's like a developer. And I'm like, you are just so inspiring. You're inspiring me to be a better person because there are awful quotes out there. So I'm going to start up a, you know, maybe a bit of AI, inspirational quote AI app. um, Because at the moment, I haven't found a good inspirational quote. 
We'll post a link to that AI app once <laughs> once it's launched tomorrow, and you can find them all in one nice hub. Yeah, absolutely. To yeah. start your Monday morning yeah. with capitalinspirationalquotes.com. <laughs> Doesn't quite have the same ring to it. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's been um, it's been amazing. Can you uh, get back to work, please? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to bob off early. Yeah. Cool. Now, thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers then. Bye.